Ruth, day three, the beans or the background. Not all series work this way. However, this one is truly best read in sequential order. So if you haven't yet read days one or two, it might be helpful to do that before reading this post. If you're reading the entire book of Ruth along with this series, here's the link to the text and audio of today's reading of Ruth chapter two. Naomi encourages Ruth to go out and glean behind the harvesters who are gathering the barley harvest, <clears throat> the big little part of day one's verse, remember. Now, here's a note for, on gleaning from my study Bible. The ancient custom of gleaning, as codified in the law, gave a widow or even resident aliens the right to gather grain anywhere she pleased. Furthermore, in Old Testament law, or Jewish law, a landowner was instructed not to reap completely the corners of his fields, leaving gleanings for the strangers and the widows. God's welfare plan has always made provision for the poor. The verse, Ruth chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. Now Naomi had a relative on her family's side, a man of standing from the clan of Imalak, whose name was Boaz. And Ruth, the Moabite, said to Naomi, Let me go to the fields and pick up the leftover grain behind anyone in whose eyes I find favor. Naomi said to her, Go ahead, my daughter. So she went out, entered a field, and began to glean behind the harvesters. As it turned out, she was working in a field belonging to Boaz, who was from the clan of Elamech. The Steen, what does this mean to me and how can I apply it to my life today? Jimmy and I just got back from a date weekend in Asheville. While we were there, we first went through the Downton Abbey exhibit. I'm obsessed with Downton and just have an amazing husband who went through the entire thing without a single complaint. Followed by a tour of the Biltmore House and then finally ending with a wine tasting at the Biltmore Winery. However, once we got inside the winery, we found a line that would take no fewer than two hours to wait through for a tasting. Slightly disappointed, but still in good spirits, we decided to look around at the trinkets that filled the winery gift store and then head back to our hotel. I need to mention, it was cold out. I mean, very cold, with a super chilly wind blowing. So when we got stuck behind a super slow couple on our way out to the parking lot, I was a bit annoyed. We parted ways from the slowpokes and finally made our way out to the open field that you had to cut across to get back to our car. As I'm rushing to the warmth of our car, Jimmy shouts out, wait, as he bends down to pick up two $20 bills literally just floating by. After a good bit of time walking around and looking for any soul to return the money to, we realized there was no way of identifying the owner and there was no one in sight. Shocked, we got into the car and drove off towards our hotel with the $40. We had a laugh at the timing. Had we taken the wine tasting or not gotten stuck behind the slowpokes, the money would have floated past us and we never would have known. Then, on our drive home on Sunday, we decided to listen to the live stream of our church's worship service. We listened to the sermon on how God provided for King David, and while David was the head of the kingdom, it was God who blessed and owned it. David was simply the steward. While we were listening, I began to think about the fill 
and how as hard as I've tried, as great as some of my ideas have been, the greatest blessings for this ministry literally just fell from thin air. Through this sermon, God was reminding me that the fill was truly his ministry, and I am just blessed enough to be the steward. No sooner does this sermon end do I get a text message from a friend. Hey, we were just in the mountains this weekend, different mountains, and we randomly found $300. We couldn't find the owner and have decided to put someone's misfortune to good use and bless the fill with it as a donation. Was this happenstance? Just some crazy coincidence? Sure, you could easily say that. But considering this friend's text came through right at the end of a sermon that had me thinking about how it is God who provides for the fill, how it is God who has made it possible for me to be doing what I'm doing, to then immediately receive a text message about a $300 coincidental donation I'm sorry, but no, this was God. Could you call it coincidence that Ruth decides to glean in the field of the only man positioned to take care of her? Was it happenstance that Boaz noticed she was there that day and then commanded the men to take care of her and not to harm her? Remember, this was unfortunately a day and time where a foreign woman all alone would easily have been beaten or raped. Friends, again, I'm sorry, but no. Naomi and Ruth decided to put their faith in God, and He provides for their needs. As things in your day-to-day life just happen to work out, can I encourage you to pause and look? Pause and ask yourself if this could possibly have been from God. As situations in your life that you've prayed over all just work out, can I encourage you to pause and instead of just dismissing them as happenstance, to really look and see that it was God and acknowledge him for answering your prayers. You best believe that is exactly what I'm going to be doing as I drive to the bank to deposit the $340 into the Phil's banking account.